This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. All right, before we get into this, um, I don't want to make this a weekly occurrence, um, doing something before the intro, but um, my heart goes out to everyone being affected by uh, what happened at Purdue a couple days ago. Um, it's just awful, something that um, I – it doesn't – I don't know. Um, just terrible occurrence, something that shouldn't happen on a college campus at all. Um and it's just something where, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's just we've been hearing some weird stuff coming out of colleges recently with, like, bomb threats and stuff like that. Um, and I didn't want to talk about them, but, you know, I have friends that go to Purdue. Um, this is something that I know I, I'm a Purdue fan, um, but when it comes to the school, it's just like I have friends that go there. Um, a lot of my former classmates go there. Um, people who I've known since I was five years old, maybe like six at the latest, go to Purdue. And uh, it's tough to see. I checked in with with some of them, asking if they're fine. They're just saying it's weird. It's a weird time. And, yeah, makes sense. Very weird. Um, for something like that to happen on your campus when you want your campus to be as safe as possible, something like that goes down. And I understand. I think it's being handled. Um, they have people in custody, but it's just how you get there in the first place is tough. Um, so, yeah, my you know, everything out to Purdue just um, – Hoping something like this never happens again just because it's difficult. You're going to college. Um, you're going to better your future, and then stuff like this happens. So, um, yeah, again, hearts out to Peru. I hope everyone is okay. Um, yeah, just a tough scene. But, uh, again, I don't want to make this a weekly occurrence of me saying something before and saying this something awful has happened, but I have friends that go to Purdue and um yeah, it was it was tough. It was very scary. Even though it was kind of a limited thing, you're still wondering, okay, what's psychological stuff happening? What's the emotional value of the people on campus right now? And um yeah, I don't want to see that happen again so let's go ahead and talk some basketball but um yeah hearts and heartfelt um just all my thoughts going out uh, to the Purdue University you're listening to the assist with Trevor Hart all right welcome back so um interesting week for basketball um, been hearing some stuff from college. Like I just saw that Gonzaga, Gonzaga, and Kentucky are gonna play for six years in a home to home to like home 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 away home away home away home away thing. Um, we have so we have that going on. Um, preseason player of the years coming out. Uh, saw the tweet that Trace Jackson Davis is the Big Ten preseason player of the year. 
Um, I'm really interested to see how that's going to go. Um, but a lot that I wanted to talk about was in the NBA. And, um, yeah, how about the Suns? Let's go. Let's just go ahead. So I see a lot of people saying, if for those that don't know, the Phoenix Suns lost to the Adelaide 36ers, in which, no, it's not a NBA G League team. That is an Australian, and that is an Australian NBL professional team, I believe. And, um, yeah, Phoenix Suns lost. And I've been seeing a ton of people, you know, it's like, and I get it, preseason's a time to overreact and stuff like that. But people are, like, not reacting as much as I thought they would. Because I see people going, well, you know, like, uh, the NBA's been watching the NBL. I mean, they're coming up there. It's like, you know, the the gap's closing. It's like, no, this is, <laughs> this isn't okay. Like, no NBA team should be losing to anyone other than another NBA team. End of story. We do this all the time with the Olympics and uh, international ball. The USA should be winning a lot. Now, that you understand the gap is closing just because you have other NBA players on teams. On the other teams, like, you know, France. They have plenty of NBA players. Their whole roster is about full of NBA players. But when it comes to different leagues saying that the gap is closing, guys, it's not the same. Like, the NBL? Really? And, of course, it was the Suns, you know. The Suns have been going through, I don't know, one of the most interesting off-seasons, and there hasn't even been, like, any moves, like, to the roster, really. So it's just, you know whole Sarver situation, uh, media day being such a disaster for them. That's something I didn't even talk about last week was DeAndre Ayton just saying that he's happy to be here with the most stone cold, non happy face I've ever seen in my life. Chris Paul saying he didn't learn anything from the Dallas Mavericks series. Um, and then they lose to the Adelaide 36ers. I don't, I don't, I I think the Suns are gone, guys. I really think that, you know, they'll be a playoff team. Maybe. I don't even know. That loss is the 36ers, man. Um, yeah, but it's just like, I don't know. Is the gap really closing on these leagues, or was it just that the Suns are just not in sync anymore? The fact that, People were wanting to leave because Cam Johnson is starting over them. I think that was Jay Crowder saying that he wanted. He's like, I want out if Cam Johnson's starting over me. Okay. Um, this is a team that two years ago was in the finals. Went to six games. Not that many roster changes. And they still just couldn't figure it out. And... Um, yeah, so there's that. Is the gap closing? No. It's just the circumstances of it all. I understand you can say that, but no one in the NBA should be losing to another league's team. Just no. It's like the gap is closing. There's only like 15 spots per roster. 
Yeah, but most of the like really good guys who are on NBA teams go to the Euro League. They're in Europe. Like they're they're playing like with Real Madrid and stuff like that. Or they're in China. I would say China is probably better basketball than Australia, at least at the moment. Because former NBA players, they go to China after they're done in the NBA. So, we have that. Second thing I want to talk about was we saw Victor Wembanyama, who is, should be a lock for number one pick. Um, he played against the G League Ignite team. His French team did. And um, he is the... There's no comparison for who he is. Like, in terms of body type, I've heard people say Kevin Durant. But even Kevin Durant doesn't have, like, that... At least in his rookie year, it didn't seem like he had that big of arms, you know? Like, in terms of wingspan, I know you can't really grow your wingspan, but it wasn't an effect to where someone's like, oh, my God, look at this guy's wingspan. Um, yeah, but Wembenyana is just a... I don't know what to call him. Like, is, is he a point center? Like, he can step out and hit threes like nothing. He's one of the few guys where if you're coaching him, you can, like, most of the time you say, hey, don't reach on stuff, don't gamble. He can gamble all he wants. Because, you want to know why? Because his arms are so long, he's still in good positioning when he's reaching for the ball. If you haven't seen the picture, go check J.A. Adande's Twitter. I liked it um, a couple days ago. And just, it's literally him reaching for the ball. His hand is on the ball, about to get the steal. And he's still standing directly in front of the guy, still in great positioning. So, with Wembenyana. And I think I'm saying that name right. If I look up, Wembenyama. Okay. So, he's seven foot two, 209 pounds. 18 years old. My goodness. Just, I don't know what to think of him. And it's just like, and you know, I hear rumblings where it's like, oh yeah, women is a 100% number one overall pick. No one in college can, can outdo him. I've heard this before. I really have. And it's not even like that long ago it happened. It happened in 2018. Luka Doncic was supposed to be the number one pick for, like, for years. Like, a year or two in advance, I heard, 2018, look out for Luka Doncic. He is going to be a number one pick. What happens? DeAndre Ayton has a pretty good season at Arizona. The Kings draft Marvin Bagley for reasons. And then the Hawks draft Luka... Then two picks later, the Mavs draft Trey Young, and they trade them. They trade them for each other. So, uh, uh, what? If he's supposed to be a number one pick, why Aiton? Why Bagley? Why trade him? I mean, if you're an outright number one pick, you are going number one and not getting traded. So. 
And, like, the only time we've seen a number one pick get traded was, what, Andrew Wiggins. Like, the same draft, he get they get traded. It was Andrew Wiggins. But guess what? They brought in LeBron that year, and they traded him for Kevin Love. And it was a couple more players to get Kevin Love in order to get LeBron. That's the only time you'll see that. So, is Lemignon a number one pick? I don't know. I would say so. I mean, he looks really good at the moment. Who's going to step up in college basketball? I don't know. No one knows. Like, there's a ton of freshmen out there who we haven't seen play, like, outside of, like, scrimmages in high school basketball and All-American games. Calm down. Weminyana is really good. He will most likely go top three. Will he go number one? I don't know. It's just, it doesn't track. It really doesn't at this point when you're looking at, hey, this is what happened four years ago, in which by then it'll be five years ago. Good Lord, that draft's going to be five years ago. Um, I just, I'm getting old. But, um... You, yeah, you look at five years ago, and you say, hey, everyone's saying Luka Doncic, number one. He goes three and then gets traded. And now he's in conversation for MVP, like, almost every year he's been in the league. You know, or in, like, rookie year, he's been in conversation. So, yeah, Wembenyana... Look up tape on him if you haven't seen him. Oh, it's, it's, you can't, you, there's no words for it. You just, I, I don't know, he's long. That's about the only thing you can say, like, accurately, or else you go into more stuff and you're like, eh, I don't know, he's not really that kind of type of guy. You know, he can do this and this and this, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, um, Women Yana, incredible. Um, we'll just see what happens. And the last thing I wanted to do was talk about the NBA GM survey. Comes out every year, or at least it has for a few years now. Um, and so they, they, they ask GMs and it's an anonymous survey to where it's like, Hey, Who's going to do this? Who's going to win MVP? Who's going to win? Who's going to be the best team in basketball? Who's going to be the most efficient team? Who is the best player in not in the NBA? So, I have the list. Let's just run it down, and we'll see what we think on it and see if, we, see if I agree on any of them. So, the first um, category is predictions. Which team will win the 2023 NBA Finals? With 43%, Milwaukee Bucks. Warriors are second with 25. You're looking for the repeat. Clippers 21 getting in there, and then the Celtics 11. Um, last year, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets were predicted to win 2022 with 72% of the vote. Uh, yeah, so it's it's more... Up for grabs this year than it was last year. I think a lot of us, me included, I mean, I was on that Nets train, drank the Kool-Aid and said, man, this Nets team is going to be good. 
Like, look at them on paper. In which I've said before, I've made that mistake. It was with another Nets team. It was the Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Joe Johnson, Darren Williams, Brooke Lopez Nets. And I remember me and my buddies were like, oh my God, they're going to win every game. How do you... (laughs) It's just like... Yeah, but there's so many factors that go into it. Also, all most of those guys were like 35 and older. And with last year, it was just like, well, you didn't know Kyrie's status. Katie was hurt. Um, we Harden wasn't there yet. So, and we're like, yeah, Steve Dash. Probably a good coach for Kyrie. Well, Kyrie barely played. We don't know. So, yeah, and how the Nets aren't on there now just because of all the drama. Now we know what to look for. We look at what's Kyrie going to do. We look at is Steve Nash going to be a good coach or not. Um, Will Kevin Durant be the player that he normally is? Will Ben Simmons actually play? So far, he's playing in preseason games, so we'll see. Then we go on to players next. Who will win MVP for 2022-2023? Luka Doncic gets 48% of the vote, followed by Giannis with 34. I think Giannis is done winning MVPs. Just because we've talked about this before, there is an MVP voter um, fatigue. It doesn't really happen with a lot of other awards, but with the MVP it does. Joel Embiid gets 14%, and then Steph Curry with 3%. Last year, Kevin Durant um, had the most with 37%. So, with Luka, I'm going to have to agree. I just don't see... With the, the momentum he has going in right now, after that Sun series, and then after the Eurobasket, I don't see Luka stopping. I just don't. I mean, Luka's just... He's incredible, man. I... Just one of those guys where you look at him and you're like, he can't be that good. It's kind of like with Jokic. He's like, you look at him, it's like, that dude is like, he averages five points. It's like, no, that's one of the best people in the world. And you're like, and he's like, and he's one of the best in the league too. So that really makes him one of the best in the world. You're just like, I don't get it. If you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? 55% 55% say Giannis, and four, in the rest of the league, 45% says Luka. No one else. Last year was Luka Doncic for 43. And I don't know if it's just because I tend to like some – it's different. For college, I love big man play. But for the NBA, I love guard play more just because like that's the trend we've been seeing. Giannis, I've heard arguments saying, well, you know, it's like he wins in our championship, he's top five. Yeah, I think in terms of what he's done to the position of power forward, really making it all about toughness, something that we've been missing for a few years. Um, I would put him in conversation for top power forward. He's got to go through Garnett and Tim Duncan and Charles Barkley and, God forbid, Carl Malone. Um, but he's up there. I can promise you that. But it's like how old, like Luca's 
like few how many years younger is he? Luca is 23 years old. So he's probably just getting ready to enter his prime. Giannis is 27. So, you know, he's in it right now. He's in the prime. He's in his prime, but a few years he might be out of it. We don't know. Um, yeah, but for me with the NBA, it's like I tend to like Luka more than Giannis just because I love the guard play in the league and how if you can be considered one of the best backcourt players in the league, I think that holds more weight than saying this guy is one of the best front court players in the league. And I mean, like we, you got Kawhi and I get LeBron as a front court guy and Kevin Durant, but I mean, come on, they play on the perimeter. Like Giannis is one of the few people who does not play on the perimeter all that much. So if, if it's me, I'm going Luca because I'm going to get his prime, like hit the whole length of it. And then also I love the guard play more. Which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? No surprise here. Steph Curry with 52% of the vote. Um, yeah, makes sense to me. Uh, tied for second is Giannis and Jokic at 14%. And then tied for fourth is Joel and Luka. And it was last year Steph Curry had 27% of the vote. So now people are really, really scared of Steph. I mean, it makes sense. He's probably the greatest point guard ever. I don't know. I he's close. Which player is likely to have, is most likely to have a breakout season this year? 21% say Evan Mobley and then Cade Cunningham and Anthony Edwards tied with 17%. And then Zion with 14. Last year was Jaron Jackson Jr. with 17%. Not, not bad. I love Evan Mobley, though. That Cavs team is going to be nasty. Who is the best point guard in the NBA? 72% say Steph Curry. 14% say Luka. 10% say Chris Paul. And 3 saying Trey Young. Last year, Steph Curry got 57% of the vote. So, again, last year was a Steph's year. Who's the best shooting guard in the NBA? Devin Booker with 45%, followed by Luka Doncic at 28%. And then Stephen Curry with 17%. And last year was James Harden with 63. He was, he votes this year, but he's kind of fell off. But we'll see what happens. And then, I get it. Booker was big in getting that team to the finals a couple years ago, but Luka absolutely killed them in that series, in, the, in, the, in that playoff series. And, you know, I don't know. Who's the best small forward in the NBA? Kevin Durant with 45% makes total sense. Um, LeBron coming in fourth with ten percent. Jason Tatum was second with twenty four. So that's two years in a row. Kevin Durant gets best small forward in the NBA. Who's the most power forward in the NBA? Giannis with eighty six percent. No question here. Last year he had sixty three percent. Who's the best center in the NBA? Nicole Nikola Jokic seventy nine percent. Joel Embiid was seventeen percent. That's crazy. Um, highest percentage of total votes on position questions. Giannis and Steph both got 18%. Which team made the best overall moves this offseason? By far and away, 41%, the Cleveland Cavaliers. 100%, and I have to agree. The Timberwolves 
and 76ers both got seven, and the Jazz all got 17% of the vote. Which one player acquisition made the biggest impact? Donovan Mitchell of 59%. Again, have to agree. Rudy Gobert of 31%. Then Jalen Brunson with seven. And then P.J. Tucker with three for Philadelphia. What's the most underrated player acquisition? Malcolm Brogdon of Boston. I'd have to agree. I think Brogdon is one of those guys where, I don't know why, people did, really didn't like him when he was in Indiana. I loved him. Like, Brogdon was just... So good, a great distributor. Um, yeah, it just made sense for that for me. John Wall and P.J. Tucker both got 14% in that vote, tied for second. And Bojan Bogdanovic got 7% for fifth place, in which I kind of agree with that too. I'm just picking Pacers, guys, <laughs> at this point. Um, which team will be most improved in 2021? L.A. Clippers with 41%. And, yeah, you know, Kawhi is going to be healthy. Um, Paul George probably going to be healthy still. Um, John Wall hopefully can stay healthy. <laughs> it's all about health for the Clippers. It's been that way for years now. Let's see. What was the most surprising move this offseason? It was 47% goes to Rudy Gobert to Minnesota. Close second at 43% Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. All right, so now we head into rookies and international. Who will win rookie of the year? Paolo Bancaro at 79%, with Keegan Murray at 17, and then Jabari Smith at 3. Last year, they picked Jalen Green at 47%. Which rookie will be the best in five years? This goes down a little bit. 31% saying Paolo Bancaro. Second is Chet Holmgren with 28%. Tied for third is both with 14%, Jaden Ivey and Jamari Smith. And then fifth, Keegan Murray with seven. Last year, they picked Evan Mobley. I think they're on they're on par for that. Five years ago, they picked Josh Jackson, though. That's tough, because that's the Jason Tatum draft, Donovan Mitchell, um, tons of guys. Like, this way better than Josh Jackson. Which rookie was the biggest steal at where he was selected? Tied for first, 14%. Jalen Duran going to Detroit. I agree with that. The Summer League games I watched, he looked pretty good, but Summer League is one of those things where it's like, you can't look at that 100% and be like, oh, yeah, this guy's. And then uh, Terry Eason at 17 for Houston. Last year they picked Jalen Suggs at 23%. He went fourth or fifth. So, GMs are high on Jalen Suggs. Best international player in the NBA goes to Giannis at 57%. Luka with 28, and then Jokic at 16. Last year was Giannis with 60%. So, coming down a little bit. Best international player not in the NBA. Speaking of which, Victor Weminyama, 45% over Nikola Miritich, a former NBA player, and... Vasile, Vasilehe, Micic, 21%. Last year, they picked Nikola Mirotic at 53%. Defense. Best defensive player in the NBA, Giannis at 48. Draymond Green at 24, and then Rudy Gobert at 10. And then, guess who did not receive a vote? The former, de- the 
reigning defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, did not receive a vote for best defensive player in the NBA. But best perimeter defender in the NBA, Marcus Smart took it with 41%. It's still weird how you don't say he's the best defensive player in the NBA when he got defensive player of the year. For me, if I'm Marcus Smart, that's a chip on my shoulder. Best interior defender in the NBA. Who else? It's got to be Rudy Gobert at 83%. And last year, he got 77% of the vote. Most versatile defender in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 41%. You could have guessed that after him winning best defender and but not winning best perimeter. Best defensive team in the NBA, Boston Celtics, 69%. Last year, it was the Bucks with 40%. So, a lot of people are high on the Celtics. Coaches. Who's the best head coach in the NBA? GMs voted Eric Spolster at 52%. Last year, they had him at 55%. Uh, let's see. There's other stuff where it's just... It doesn't really matter. Um... Which new or relocated coach will make the biggest impact on his new team? GM says, or sorry, I should have been doing family feud this whole time. Survey says, Darvin Ham with the Lakers, 48%. We'll see what happens. Um, which active player will make the best head coach someday? 32% say Chris Paul. And last year he got 34%. Miscellaneous stuff. Which team is most fun to watch? Golden State with 52%. Memphis with 28 and then Brooklyn with 10 I would go Memphis here. I, I like Memphis, man. I mean, obviously the Warriors are Splash Brothers. I mean, yeah, they're going to be – they're fun, but it's just like – you know, I've seen I've seen them before. I've been, I've been seeing that for almost a decade now. I'm going I'm going Grizzlies on that one. Which team has the best home court advantage? Uh, the Raptors got 21%. I think that's just because they're outside of the country. Um, which team will have the league's most efficient offense? I'd say the Warriors at 38%. Makes sense to me. Which team's level of success this season is toughest to predict? <laughs> Number one, the Brooklyn Nets at 32%. Surprisingly, the Clippers were only receiving votes. They didn't get up there because, to me, like I said, it's all about injuries for them. I don't know. That's tough to predict. The Lakers got second of 18%. Which player is most athletic? John Morant at 38%. I'm surprised that's not higher. Which player is the best pure shooter? <laughs> this is a mile, mile landslide. Um Stephen Curry with 91%. And last year he had 90%. So someone switched their vote. Clay Thompson got second with five, and then Durant with 3%. Which player's fastest with the ball? John Morant, 62. De'Aaron Fox at 31. I miss De'Aaron, man. I wish that he was on a better team because he, I, I love De'Aaron, man. Which player is the best of moving without the ball? Steph Curry, obviously, 81%. Last year he had 50. Who what what did he do in the past year that made everyone change their minds? It's clearly the right answer. 
Best passer, Nikola Jokic, 72%. Best basketball IQ, LeBron James, 45%. Which player do you want taking a shot at the game on the line? Come on. Steph Curry, 55%. And then what rule regarding play, schedule, draft, lottery, playoff format, etc. most needs to change? Coaches' challenges and automatic reviews, including keeping challenge if, if successful. Interesting. That's 17% of the vote. So, in terms of that, takeaways, pretty, pretty accurate. I mean, these guys are GMs of NBA teams. I don't think they're going to get too far off. Um, there's some stuff here now and then where it's like, People who were getting in second place, I would put, I would vote for them. But uh, other than that, I mean, great list overall. And um, preseason's underway, so we're only a, like a week away from uh, NBA basketball. So I'm excited for that. I'm so excited for basketball to be back. And um, yeah, so next week, probably going to do... The Lakers review, I think episode 10 will be the final episode. So, we're going to do the Lakers Hulu documentary review. May do another one. I saw that the um, Jeremy Lin 38 in a Garden comes out on the 11th. So, maybe watch maybe watch that and review it, or that might be the, the week after. So, with that, either way, we're going to get some movie reviews. So, um... I'm excited for that. I have many thoughts about the legacy documentary. So we'll get into that next week. But yeah, that is it for this week. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at DeVard00. And I'll talk to you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.